Thanking you, Father, for another day. Lord, we just ask right now that you would bless us today. Bless your word today, Father. I pray, Lord, that I would decrease and you would increase in our hearts and our soul and our mind. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in that sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Scripture today, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And that's Philippians 2.5. I want to thank Pastor Pickett for giving me this opportunity today, along with, along with this wonderful staff. I want to thank my family, my wife, my boys are here today. I want to thank the uh, Keeping It Real Outreach Ministry. Truly been a blessing. And to my dear friend, Reverend Simpkins, who before Keeping It Real was birthed, he and I used to sit down when we worked for the Lakeland Housing Authority and we was on this grant program in the summer. And I would share with him ideas and everything. And I just want to say thank you for your support. Thank you for so you for your support. My topic today, if you just bear with me, having a made-up mind. You can say that with me, having a made-up mind. Here are a few facts I would like to share with you about the human mind. The human mind is a processor, a processor of information. The mind evaluates, it looks into the matter, and makes decision to move forward or to stay neutral. The mind distinguishes good versus evil, allowing us to view the world and their experiences based on that evaluation. Now, your mind can also play a trick on your body. I remember before the birth of keeping the real ministry, I had a group of kids at Skate World. And they was all skating and having a good time, listening to the music. And my mind said to me, you know, Coach, you ought to get up and skate with the kids and let the kids see. You know, you will win those kids over. Those kids will love you. They will just be all over you. So I sat there. I sat there. I said, well, what the heck? I got up and went and got some skates, and I began to. No, I know I can't skate, but I can shuffle, you know, around the ring. And I did that once, and I did it twice. And I warned the kids, don't come near me. Don't touch me. Don't hold my hand because I'll fall. So I went around a couple of times, and my mind spoke to me again. I said, won't you get involved in that little game they have over there where the staff was holding a little bar, and then when you, there was two staff holding the bar, and when you get close, you have to duck down to go underneath. And each time you go make it through, they lower the bar. So I, uh, I said, okay, okay. So when I got up, it was my turn to go through. I felt myself losing footage, my footing. And the next thing I knew, I was up in the air. On the way down, I took out the staff broke up the bar, hit the floor, my hat came off, my whistle and my badge was all tied up around my neck. I was a mess. And the kids came over after they got through laughing. 
And I tried to pretend like something was wrong with the skates. But the kids said, no, coach, I saw the whole thing. So when I got up, made it back over to my seat with my back hurting, they asked me, coach, what were you thinking about? What were you trying to do? I said, that's a million-dollar question. Arthur Fletcher, former head of United Negro College Fund, said, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. What I believe Mr. Fletcher meant by this is, is all that God has provided for us, such as a sound mind, to be able to function day in and day out, to process and to evaluate. It is true. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. Muhammad Ali, three-time heavyweight champion in boxing, his quote, if a man at 50 views the world the same as he did when he was 20, has lost 30 years of his life. Think about that. If a man at 50 views the world the same as he did when he was 20, has lost 30 years of his life. In other words, if I'm still running around at age 50, no job, no transportation, no money in the bank, I have nothing to show for it, I've lost 30 years of my life. Something's going on in my mind that's trying to hold me back. Something that's keeping me from moving forward. Something that is keeping me from processing, evaluating, and distinguishing what's good or what's bad. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, as we get older, we should start to mature. We should think a little different. We should be able to teach this younger generation. And let me just park here for a minute. I have no business letting a 16-year-old kid tell me what to do. Here I am, a grown man at age 58. What do you know about life? My mind is more mature. They have been through some things. I have no business thinking at age 58 on that level. And I don't have to relate to no teenager. All I have to do is tell them what the Lord said. Don't go around thinking we got to relate. I don't have to relate to you. I just tell you what the Lord said. As adults, our job is to teach the younger generation. We've been around the block a few times, across the bridge. Our minds are more mature. As I said before, no teenager has any business telling us anything about life. They may know how to turn on the computer, download a few things, but that's about it. Paul said in the book of Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to approve what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, don't be conformed to the world's standards of behavior. We've got some stuff going on in this world. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for steal, but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his sole purpose. He's not for our best interest. He's trying to kill us every single day. That's his goal. He wants to mess 
with our minds, with evil thoughts. Have you been down that road before? They put those evil thoughts on your mind. Like sometimes contemplating suicide. He will incarcerate your mind into thinking you're just a failure. You're never going to be anything. Or he'll try to put you in a depressed mood. Having you to feel sorry for yourself. Or that nobody loves you. He'll have you thinking you're doing right when you're doing wrong. But the Bible says he's like a roaring lion. Seeking who he may devour. On every corner, he, that's what his goal is. He wants to kill you. But I got news for you. Jesus said, I come. That they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Which means to have life filled with Jesus. Where he resides within us. When the devil comes to attack our minds, we must hit him with the word of God. Don't give him any time. Sometimes we walk around with those thoughts on our minds first thing in the morning. We go all day long, hadn't prayed, hadn't said a word about it. And those thoughts are on our mind. Hadn't called our prayer partner. Hadn't tried to read the Bible. Those thoughts are on our mind. When those thoughts get on your mind, they go on down to your heart. And your heart, your heart activates that plan. We got to put a stop to it. When it first touches our mind, we have to rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. In the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1, the devil went to Jesus. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says he was hungry. I can imagine, well, I can't imagine going 40 days and 40 nights. He probably came after me after, after two hours. You see that? That's when Satan tries to attempt us when we are weak and vulnerable. That's his plan. That's when he stepped to us. When we are weak, we're vulnerable, we're mad, we're upset. He comes with us with those thoughts. We, when we've had an argument with our spouse, he'll bring those thoughts to our mind. Get you thinking one thing, make you leave the house, get in your car and drive off, walk around for hours not saying a word to each other. Avoiding each other. Yeah, that's Satan working on you right there. Or maybe when there's a misunderstanding on your job, he'll put those thoughts on your mind. He's working on you because you're weak and you're vulnerable. Or maybe in church sometime, things don't go your way. They, they went against your decision. You get mad and walk out. I'm going to look for another church. Put those thoughts on your mind. He's working with you now because you're weak and you're vulnerable. Or maybe your grades are not good. You got a bad report card. Or maybe when, when your back's against the wall financially and you are strapped with bills on both sides, his ultimate goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's when you're attacking, when we're weak, when we're down. But when Satan went to Jesus, Jesus did not post anything on Facebook. All you have to do right now, look at Facebook. They tell you everywhere they're going. I'm in New York. I'm in, I'm in this restaurant over here. I'm in Chicago. I'm flying over here. They tell you everything on Facebook. But when Satan went to Jesus, Jesus did not post anything on Facebook about his problem. Nor did he text 19 others. 
He wasn't on Snapchat or up 2 o'clock in the morning on Twitter. But what he did was he hit him with the word of God on all three attempts. He had a word for him. He had a game plan. That's how we need to be today. Have a game plan ready when Satan come, hit him with the word of God. On that first attempt, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what Christ told him. But Satan didn't give up. He went back to him again the second time. And Christ said, it is written again, you shall not attempt the Lord your God. Each time he had a word from him on the third attempt. Christ said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Each time he went to him, he had a word for him. That's how we must be. If you don't have a word for him, just get on your knees and pray to God. Lord, help me to make this decision. Lord, help me to do what's right. We must follow Christ and hit him with the word of God. Don't get caught up in what this world has to offer, such as dishonesty, same-sex marriage, pornography, immorality in your marriage relationship, fornication, gangs, violence, drugs, alcohol, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed. All this what the world has to offer. Don't get caught up in that. Be conformed to the, don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Therefore, how do we renew our minds? You may be asking and wondering, how do we renew our minds? You might say, I go to church. Nothing wrong with going to church. You might say, you don't bother anybody. Nothing wrong with that. You might even think that you're a good person. Nothing wrong with that. But the mind is changed by prayer. Don't get it twisted up. It's changed by prayer. We should be praying to God daily. Not once or twice, but as often as we can, keeping the lines of communication open. Pray while you're driving to work. Pray while you're going home. Pray when you get to your job. Pray when you have a few minutes. Pray when you're waiting on your appointment. Pray when you're out walking around exercising. Pray to God. Keep that mind renewed. The mind is changed by reading God's holy word. Not just when we are at church, but include God's word when we are at home, when we're traveling. Take out your book, your phone, read God's word. When we read God's word, he speaks to us. In the book of Psalms 119, 105 reads, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. It makes the way plain before me. God's light is the light of righteous judgments. God's instructions, his guidance helps us to negotiate right and wrong. Amen. The Holy Spirit will help us. It will lead us. It will comfort us. It will guide us. Yes. The reason why some of us struggle in the area is because we don't read. We don't like to read Amen. or take heed to God's word. When we worship the Lord, we are renewing our minds. As we concentrate our lives on him, while we are worshiping, we should be meditating on him and only him. We don't come to church not worrying what my neighbors are wearing. Not what chores I need to do when I get home. 
are taking attendance in my mind as to who's here and who's not here. God needs our attention so that the Holy Spirit can work within us. Do not worry about, let me say this, do not worry about what people are going to say about you. I got news for you. They're going to talk about you anyway. You can believe that. They're going to talk about you anyway. So go ahead and give them something good to talk about. Go ahead and give them something good to talk about. Once your mind is made up, you no longer have the you no longer have the desires to do the things that you once did. You'll know exactly when your mind is made up. Nobody has to tell you that. You'll know. You'll be the first to know when your mind is made up. Enough is enough. I'm done with that. I'm through with that. Have you said that before? I'm done with that. I'm leaving that alone. I'm finished. Once, you, once your mind is made up, no one can stop you from serving God. Once your mind is made up, the devil in hell knows he's in trouble. Oh, he'll let you go to church. He'll let you sing in the choir. He'll let you read a scripture. He'll let you pray. But when your mind is made up, oh, he knows he's in trouble then. It's a fight right now. We're going to the distance right now. We're going all the way. We're going in overtime. He knows now he's in trouble. Even in relationships, we have to make our minds up not to use or be used. For our young women, let me talk to you for a minute. It's time to stop letting men take the advantage of you. Messing with your mind. Sweet talk and all this kind of stuff. Getting what they want. Leaving you with empty promises and a, and a house full of babies. And in despair. It's time now. It's time now to wake up and say, my mind, my mind is made up. Enough is enough. I had enough of that. You're not going to use me no more. Instead of having that sign on your door that reads, yes, I'm open, come on in. Turn that sign around and let it read, I'm gone out of business. I'm gone out of business. I'm not Motel 6 anymore. And I'm not leaving the light on for you anyway. The light I'm burning right now belongs to God. Let them know you're under new management. And you have a new sugar daddy. You have a new boo. His name is JC. Jesus Christ. He's the one that you go to bed with every night. He's the one that you wake up with every morning. I'm talking about Mary's baby. The one that died on the cross for all of our sins. Talking about the one that pierced him in the side. Nailed him to the cross. Woke up on the third day with all power in his hand. Talking about Mary's baby. Enough is enough. For our young men, for our young men, enough of the lies, heartbreaks, and dishonesty. Sleeping with this one here and sleeping with that one over there. Enough is enough. Multiple babies, mama. Enough is enough. In Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling the people of God, let that mind, let the mind that is in Christ, the very thinking of Jesus, be your thinking also. His mindset is the one we ought to seek. It means to think that, to think and act as Jesus did. It means making Christ-like decisions that determine how we ought to live. 
It means bringing every faculty of our mind to bear on how we actually can have the mind of Christ. Before every decision we make, we need to ask, what would Jesus do? In our home, what would Jesus do? On our jobs, what would Jesus do? In relationships, what would Jesus do? Ask that question. He'll tell you. We have to guard our children, ears, hearts, and minds. We just can't drop our children off to any and everybody. To their homes for them to watch our kids. Word of advice, if you don't know the parents, don't leave them there. If you don't know what's going on, don't leave them there. So many times I was upset with my father because I wanted to go down there and play with a certain group of boys. But he said, no, uh-uh. We've been teaching you what's right and what's wrong. You're not going down there. If, you, if I catch you down there, there will be severe consequences. I'm talking about Deacon Willie Axon Sr. He wasn't playing around either. As I look back on that, I took that same page and put it in my playbook. We raised our kids the same way. You don't know what's going on in those households. The only family that I was allowed to play with are the ones that the parents was in church every Sunday and every Wednesday. That's who he said you can play with. He meant that because what he was teaching us was so important. And he didn't want anybody to mess up our minds. And I felt that, and I took that same page and I applied it in my own family. Taught our own boys the same thing. What was good for me, was good for you. And I look back on that now, I see why so many of those boys that I wanted to play with are in jail. Some are in prison. Some are on alcohol and drugs. Some is going on. But thank God I'm still here. I remember few years ago when our boys were elementary age and D and I we had we was off that summer but we had a summer job and we needed a place for our boys to hang out to stay so we sought this club there in Lakeland we thought it was a good place good program and we put our boys in that program so that afternoon when I went by to pick them up my younger son Jay and I asked the question, how did everything go today? To my surprise, he said, I'm putting my foot down. I'm not, I don't want to go back. I'm putting my foot down. I don't want to go back. And I was driving. I quickly pulled the car over. Because I want to know what you're talking about right now. I feel like you're trying me right now, son. I'm going to go get with you right now, right now in this car, right now. Because you don't talk like that to me. I said, what you mean? Well, he said, Dad, they was cussing. They was fighting. Nobody watching us. I don't want to go back. I'm putting my foot down. I said, son, listen, you have every right to put your foot down. Anytime you're in a place where it goes against your mother and father teaching, put your foot down. I support that. Put your foot down. I gave him a high five. Put your foot down because you won't be going back. Praise the Lord. Because he was understanding what we was trying to teach. And that went against what we was teaching. He recognized that. I want to go back in that environment. Kids fighting, cussing. No pause of that. 
Here are three things we are to bear in mind, or if we want to live meaningful lives, we must keep three things in mind. Number one, never squander an opportunity to help others. Never squander an opportunity to help others. The help we render, others will awaken joy, not just in their hearts, but in ours as well. It's a wonderful feeling to be able to show love and help your neighbor. The Bible says if we see our brother in need and show no mercy on him, how can the love of God be in us? How? Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others. That's what we have to model after. Number two, in the coming year, we should avoid using harsh words. Yes, never speak ill of others. Stop talking about others. Doing so will disturb our own mind as well as those of others. The Bible says kind words turns away wrath. And number three, every day, every day, pray with all your heart to God for purity of mind and strength to perform good actions. That's what we should be praying for, to perform good actions. We must strive to make spiritual progress. This humility and devotion are absolutely essential. We should vow to be humble. God wants us to be humble every day. And, and when we are humble, it will automatically make us receptive to the factor of grace. And in my closing, I would like to leave you with a question today. Is your mind made up? Now is the time. Now is the time to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now is the time to make up in your mind. No more running around. Now is the time to make it up in your mind. Saying no to drugs, no to alcohol. Now is the time to make it up in your mind that you're going to serve the Lord thy God. Now is the time. Start with fornication. Now is the time. Sleeping around. Sleeping around. Now is the time. Being adulterous. Now is the time. Being dishonesty. Now is the time. To accept Christ as your personal Savior. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that God has given me a mind to serve him. I'm glad. I'm glad because I got the mind now. I'm thankful for the mind that God has given me. A mind to want to run on to serve him. I thank God for this mind because my mind is made up. I come too far to turn around. I thank God for my mind today. My mind, my mind is made up. I'm going to treat everybody right. My mind, my mind is made up. I'm going to live for Christ now. My mind, my mind is made up. There's no turning back. I have no desires to do the things that I once did before. No desire. My mind, my mind is made up. Is your mind made up today? No one can stop you right now. I'm going to keep on praying because my mind, my mind is made up. You may talk about me. Scandalize my name. But I'm running on in the name of Jesus. My mind is made up. I'm a witness. God has been good to me. Is your mind made up today? Don't worry about the number. God is blessing you. Run on anyway. My mind, my mind is made up. Your mind is made up today. Stand to your feet and give God the praise. Thank you because your mind is made up. You got a mind to serve him and only him to do what's right. No matter what the world have going on, I don't care. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to serve him. Serve him till I die.